Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Avery Carl. She is the CEO and founder of The Short Term Shop. She bought her first rental property at age 26 when she was making $37,000 a year. So that means you've got no excuse. And then through strategically investing in short-term rental properties and mature vacation rental markets, and we'll talk about what all that means in just a second, she was a millionaire by 31. She now owns a portfolio of 24 properties and is the CEO and founder of The Short-Term Shop, a real estate team that helps investors acquire short-term rental properties in the most recession-resistant markets and trains them on the methods that led her out of the corporate rat race and into financial freedom. Avery, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. All right, so let's go back in time a little bit. What inspired you to buy your first rental property at age 26 when most people are just worried about making ends meet? Yeah, so uh, my husband and I moved to Nashville. We live in Destin, Florida now, but uh, moved to Nashville from New York City and went to buy a house. And I wasn't an agent at the time. And our agent was really pushing us towards this super hipster area of Nashville that was appreciating really quickly and uh, told us, you know, we'd make X amount of money in a few years if we just bought a house there. We didn't do that because we were sick of neighbors living in Brooklyn. So uh, we bought a place way out in the country and started thinking about it, thought, well, you know, we have a little bit of money left. Maybe we should buy one of these things and then one day sell it when our future children go to college and pay for college. But it was just not not the way you think about real estate investing. So anyway, we didn't know what we were doing, didn't educate ourselves at all, went and bought something straight off the MLS, just kind of, we're like, oh, it'll rent for about this and this is what it costs. Oh, this makes sense. And uh, once we got that one going, which happens to very luckily still be our highest performing long-term rental today, uh, we thought, okay, this is cool. This is something we want to replicate. We need a bunch of these things. How are we going to do this? And then we started educating ourselves on rental properties. And, uh, but again, we only had one down payment to utilize and we thought, how can we make the most of this down payment to make the most money out of it to go scale as quickly as possible. Uh, so we thought about short-term rentals and Airbnbs, uh, looked at Nashville, the, like a lot of the Metro markets out there, regulations are super volatile, uh, which you're going to find in most major cities. So we thought, okay, well, where can we go where that's not going to be an issue? So the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee and Gatlinburg, 
just a few hours east of Nashville is where we decided to go because uh, I grew up visiting there with my family. We always rented a cabin overnight. And so I thought, why don't we just buy one of these? So that's where the mature vacation rental market piece kind of comes into it is you want to buy in a place where it's the normal thing to do to rent a house rather than a hotel. And then that first one did really well, scaled it to five within a year and, and on from there. Okay, so there's a whole lot longer <laughs> version of that story that probably yeah. isn't in the book already should be. How, <laughs> how, so how do you choose the best market to invest in? For example, I'm in Western New York. We're not a hotbed of vacation activities that I'm aware of, but I've never tried to vacation here because I live here, so I wouldn't really know. Right. So how do you choose the best market to invest in? That's a really good question. So to kind of, uh, there's tons of lists online if you want to do it the easy way about best places to invest in vacation rentals. But, you know, starting just from where you are, okay, where's a place that maybe people who you know drive to on the weekend for a quick getaway? Like the Poconos. That's a great place to do it. That's a really great, uh, a really great market for short-term rentals, favorable with the regulations. And anybody in the country, you know, California, they have Big Bear, they have Palm Springs, things like that. So anybody can kind of think of those places that are near them. Awesome. So we start with someplace near us that we that we might think to go to get for like a weekend getaway. What is you said something you said mature vacation rental markets. Why mm -hmm. is that market preferable to let's say buying in Nashville or buying in, you know, a given metro market? Okay, awesome. That's a great question. So there's are kind of around that question there are three types of markets that you can invest in short-term rentals. There's mature regional drivable vacation rental markets, which is what I do. There's metro markets like Nashville, Chicago, New York City. And then there are fly to vacation rental markets like Hawaii or Orlando to go to Disney. Um, you, the reason that metro markets kind of pose a problem and the vacation rental markets don't is because most of these places that are what I call mature vacation rental markets are places where it's been normal for tourists to, when they visit there, rent a privately owned home, like a beach house or a mountain cabin on an overnight basis, rather than to rent a hotel for decades and decades. So these are areas where the city councils, the counties, the cities have figured out decades ago how to monetize this. And now they're so dependent because a lot of these places are 100% dependent on tourism, like the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee and Destin, Florida, where I live, Orange Beach, Alabama, Gulf Shores, Alabama, they're also dependent. There's very few people that actually live there. So the tourism market is, is really all there is, the only industry there is. Uh, so those places, would it would just be way too detrimental to their local economy for them to regulate against short-term rentals. Whereas in the metro markets, Airbnb is kind of a new thing as of the past 10 years. People are going into residential neighborhoods, buying these properties, turning them into party houses, and the neighbors are getting, you know, it's a, it's a whole thing, so. Okay, so what's the difference? So I've seen people um, in Facebook groups and stuff like that say they bought a property and now they're Airbnb and out um, as a plan. What is the difference between, say, doing that and vacation rental investing like what you're talking about? Sure. So it kind of goes back to that metro market versus vacation market thing. So uh, I, I have plenty of clients who own properties in Nashville and the danger of that compared to the Smokies is I've had people get under contract pre-construction on a new construction that's going to be finished next year under the pretense that it is going to be a short-term rental at zone correctly. And then 
by the time that it's finished, the city council has voted against allowing that zoning anymore. So it's just places that have uh, a lot of hotel presence and then uh, have a lot of other industry and people who actually have to live there to work there. Uh, those tend to have a lot more problems with the, the regulations. So that's why I recommend the vacation rental markets rather than Metro. Got it. And you mentioned something about one of your properties being a couple hours away. Mm -hmm. So how do you manage a short-term rental investment if you don't live like in the same city and you don't want to drive the couple hours back and forth every couple days? That is a really good question and kind of how my company came about. Because uh, when I, for actually only one of my investments live is within 30 minutes of where I live. Everything else is hours away. Uh, but that's what I do for my clients is you know, we're real estate agents in all those markets. And what we do, what I needed help with that there wasn't an agent who did this when I was looking was I get you all set up with the cleaners and the handyman and all of the boots on the ground that you need to be able to manage it remotely. Then I also teach you how to set up your Airbnb and VRBO listings, the automation tricks, the you know, getting the calendar automated to your cleaner so you don't have to do that every time. And just basically training all my clients that once they use us to buy something, then they get access to all of our backend stuff to learn how to manage it remotely. But I mean, in 2020, really all you need is a smartphone and you download a few apps and you're done. I'm sure that's an oversimplification. Obviously, <laughs> you're underselling. So I appreciate that. So you've got, you've differentiated yourself in the real estate business because historically any other agent who was helping people buy those properties would be, they'd get paid the commission on the transaction and be done and say, good luck and walk away. You're sticking around and helping people actually manage through the process. Now, is that a coaching program? Is that a membership? How does that work? Sure, sure. So, and then also like 90% of real estate agents don't actually own any rentals. So that is also the value out of our team as well is that everybody who works for me is an investor and owns rentals and knows what they're doing. Uh, but it's really just a value add. If you use us as your agents, you get access to all this other stuff. We don't charge extra for that. Wow. So there's a whole separate business you could be doing not only for mm -hmm. your existing clients, <laughs> but you could also be selling that to other people who are buying these properties all over the country going, mm -hmm. Hey, you bought a property. Now what? Here's how we can automate the rest of this process or help you or teach you through it the rest of the way. I love that you added on because now if I've got a choice between using you for a transaction and getting all this other stuff or using someone else who doesn't even know the first thing about it, you win every time. Exactly. Okay. So a lot of times historically, if you want to buy investment property, and obviously we're in a very different market right now, we're recording this during the height of the COVID epidemic where jumbo loans may no longer exist. Interest rates are at all time lows. Um, normally, historically, if you wanted to buy a property that was not your primary residence, you had to put like at least 20% down. Is that still the case? And if so, what happens if we can't save up, you know, that 20% in cash right now? Great question. So actually, uh, what most of my clients do and what I did when I started is uh, what's called a vacation home loan, where you only have to put 10% down. It's just a regular Fannie Freddie conventional loan. Uh, the, there's a few stipulations. You're not allowed to put a contract on it, like a lease or a, or a property management contract, but you are allowed to rent it out yourself. So that's what most of my clients are doing uh, is the 10% down vacation home loan. That's what okay. I recommend starting with for sure. Yeah. I didn't even know that existed now. So yeah. that's, that, that's <laughs> great. Um, what are you, I mean, you have 24 properties. Mm -hmm. When you started, you didn't own 24. So you might not have had right. the same property management team in place that you do now. 
how do I do this one at a time before I've got 24 and can afford that? How do I avoid getting phone calls in the middle of the night trying to get people complaining that their toilet is clogged or they need a light bulb change or something? Mm -hmm. So uh, the good news is that doesn't happen very much. Uh, we've only had with our five over like past five or six years now, probably only had maybe three or four middle of the night things. And um, you may or may not be awake when you get them. And uh, you know, what we do is it, we originally were like, Oh my God, let's, we are going to do everything. You need a light bulb. We will get you a light, but we will deliver you toilet paper. But if you do that, then they come to expect that. So what we do is we just try to sound as little like human beings and as much like computers, like they're talking to an outsourced, you know, VA or something uh, and say, Oh, you know, when we make it, we try to make everything, all the expectations really clear up front in our listing so that they're not doing things like asking us to deliver toilet paper in the middle of the night. Uh, but at the end of the day, you, even if something catastrophic is happening in your property, like someone is bleeding out on your kitchen floor, there is no reason for you to be there. <laughs> so right, they would call 911. I would yeah, help. yeah, exactly. So, you know, if, if a toilet breaks in my house that I live in, I'm calling a plumber because I don't fix toilets. And it's the same thing when the property is 200 miles away than if it's in your own house, you just make the phone call and, and get it done. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. With all the success you've achieved, I mean, what's your biggest challenge now? Managing the scaling, pretty much. Um, uh, we're running out of, of bandwidth here at the house now that we have 28. And my husband is managing most of ours. Our, we have long-term rentals too. Uh, and uh, it's just now that we're getting scaled to that point, we just the delegation and the offloading and the automation of more things. Really, it's everything's about getting systems in place. And the bigger you get, the you have to tweak the systems is all. That makes a lot of sense. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you do? I like that, you know, I'm in control of my own destiny pretty much, uh, which is why I, I wasn't, wasn't super successful in the corporate world because I was just, you know, waiting for one manager to bestow a $10,000 raise on me to last me, you know, the next however many years. So uh, that's, that's what's most important to me is I can work around things and spend time with my kids and my husband and, and myself. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's awesome. Congratulations. That is great. So if we were, if someone was considering, Hey, I don't know if I should do this or I should do some other form. Should I be fixing flipping? Should I be doing lease options? Should I, I mean, there's, there's so many different schools of thought in the how to profit from investing in real estate market. Why would, what do you like best about yours and how would you say it differentiates itself from all the other different techniques out there? Sure. So there's no wrong way to do it. All of those things are great. We, I mean, we've done a little bit of all of it. Uh, well, I think what differentiates my technique from others is that uh, there's no work involved. So the fixing and flipping, you don't have to bother with. Uh, well, I mean, as far as doing construction, there's work involved with managing the properties, but you don't have to actually flip them. You, ha you can get in with half the down payment of other things. Uh, you can get a conventional Fannie loan rather than having to get a commercial if you were going to go get a multifamily. So it, it's a really accessible way to get into the business for a lot of people who, you know, maybe they can't save up 25% to get a multifamily or maybe they maybe flipping is is too much for them to think about right now. So it's just a nice easy way to get in and maximize your cash flow and then take that cash flow and go snowball it towards any, either more of these or then you can get into that 
that multifamily that you were thinking about, or then you have some free capital to kind of get into the flipping. So just a nice, versatile, easy way to get in, I think. That makes a lot of sense. Um, what else do you want to share with our listeners and our viewers that I didn't think to ask you? I think you pretty much hit any, hit everything. Uh, you can get me on my website, theshorttermshop.com. Uh, my email and phone number is right on there. You can text us right from the website. So just, yeah, if you have any questions, hit me up. Awesome. This has been Seth Green with Avery Carl of theshorttermshop.com. Avery, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. Go check out Avery and we'll talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727 888 2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.